You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 421st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in lovely Orlando, Florida. Is Matt in lovely Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Guys, it's time to exhale after a big 420th episode. I feel like we really got, uh, we really wrung that towel dry. Uh, So I'm happy to be here ready to talk about... uh, uh, regular bike, bike racing, bike activities. Um, so what's, uh, what's going on? What's, uh, what's, what's big in racing this week? I did ask any of you if you did watch any of the bike riding this week. And I think Uh little guy's response was, well, the Dutch won the Dutch races, the, the British won the British races. Uh Shout out, Mm. um, to all of the new national champions that are not Americans, um, in the wonderful sport of cyclocross as it came through. Um, any big highlights, Little guy that you want to hit. I mean, Van Turnout takes the Belgian Nats. Yeah, I like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then Lars Vanderhaar takes the Dutch Nats. Puck mm-hmm. Petiers, um takes the women's side. But the one that did stick out to me was on the uh, English uh, or British National Championships with Cameron Mason. And the reason why he's a Trinity racer, super young, kind of like, is he the next Ian Field? Yeah, like, is because <laughs> he's. Probably not at the skill level of Pidcock because no. Pidcock is world class and once in a lifetime. But Ian Field was always like solid top fifteen, and Cameron uh-huh. Mason's been having some good results over the last few years. Yeah, as well. And then Zoe Backstead takes the women's race. He's been having good results this year. He's he's had some top tens, so maybe he's maybe he's the rich man's Ian Field. I don't know. Um, I don't know. He's yeah. he's he's more of a um, Gen Z type. Uh, it's bringing a whole new heat, I think, to to the game. He's he's mm. big on YouTube, you Is guys. He? Like that's like he's got yeah. nearly twenty k uh, subscribers on YouTube. He's just, uh, it's kind of his thing. He's marketable. What's uh, so what's, what's what his TikTok saying. like? Though? What's his TikTok like? I I have not checked out his TikTok. I don't know. Um, I'm sure it's fantastic. Do you? Yeah, I, I'm sure the. Uh, it looks like a good dancer. Uh, to. Two two things from looking at all the lists of winners here. Uh, Venturini winning the French on the men's side. Uh, our uh-huh. yearly him yeah. showing back up, showing some good form and yep. cross. We think maybe <laughs> he's going to carry that in, and then he'll probably just disappear and not show up at Worlds or something, and I'll be yeah. really disappointed. And um, I want to mention Michael Boros, Czech Republic, winning national uh-huh. championship. I thought he had retired until a couple weeks ago when I saw him like – way at the back of some race with like a mechanical <laughs> and he pulled over and I was like, Whoa, Boros <laughs> is still riding. Uh, but, yeah. uh, he's still the best rider in Czechoslovakia. So, uh, or the Czech Republic. Oh man, I'm going to get emails about that. The Czech Republic. <laughs> that, that is good to see. Um, uh, you're gonna, 
you're going to give everybody like throwback, uh, you know, pangs and they're going to wish for Steve R to be back and they're going to wish for all this, you know, people, they're going to look at him and be like, Boris is still doing it. What are you, what are you guys doing? Well, Whereas, uh, you know, nice could be out there still. The older nice. I the mean. older nice. I mean, the younger nice podiumed <laughs> at the elites. But wh- yeah. what is with Stybar this year? I thought at the beginning of the season we had uh, rumors we were going to get more Stybar and Cross. Uh, the the DQ now, mm. holding him back from Cross was gone. He was over on uh, whatever they are now, Green Edge, Jayco, uh, whatever weird uh-huh. conglomerate of companies that is currently uh-huh. sponsoring that team. And nothing really, just a smattering. It's, I mean, we've heard the story every season since he left Cyclocross that oh, this year he's going to be back. Stebar is going to be back. It is the Cyclocross like unicorn. That's <laughs> it's never going <laughs> to actually back. happen. Yeah, like no, that's Stebar specifically. Yeah, like oh, it's the Stebar's the unicorn. Things yeah. were good when Stebar yeah. took Cyclocross seriously. And they haven't been good since, which I don't know if that's exactly true. No, it's been pretty really good true. since then. <laughs> it's been good. But but the there's a certain sense. segment it's... that is like, Stebar is all that was good and right with Cross. Mm. He ain't coming back. Anyways, so now that we're done talking about race stuff, can we get uh-huh. to the exciting okay. stuff through the week? All right. Um, oh, man. There's some good stuff. The, let's. When we first started this podcast, we were doing the best the best in bike and then the worst in bike. Mm-hmm. And I think we can pretty much go from top step of the podiums to down to bottom. Okay. Normally I start with the worst possible thing as the top step because we're very jaded on this podcast and we're very snarky. And a lot of people look at us and they're like, Oh, you guys are a bunch of smug, um, you know, cycling people. And the truth is this time pedals I, is back it. in the oh, world tour that like, that isn't even on the podium. That's just amazing. We called it on the podcast a long time ago when Shram bought time uh-huh. that it was the beginning of the comeback mm-hmm. for the time pedal brand. Mm-hmm. Because right now, pedals, the pedal market is overwhelmingly owned by Shimano, right? On the road. And then also mountain bike. And then you've got some smaller players that kind of like come look, through here. Know. Speed play, look. Yeah, look. Speed uh, play. Just speed play. Speed play sponsor anybody? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know that speed play. No, no, no. no. I, but yeah, the point no, is, it's, th- it's Shimano. I think the one you're look, thinking of is Crank Brothers. <laughs> Crank Brothers. Yeah, Crank Brothers on mountain bike. But the truth is this. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Time Sorry. has fallen off. They used to have so much of the market share. It's fallen off, even though... Most of us on this podcast Two swear thirds. by time. Yeah. Two thirds of us were not even employed by time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we have a a spot in our heart, in particular for the time ATAC pedal, the greatest yeah. all off road mountain bike pedal of all time. Not still, even still holds debatable. The title yeah. I have had. I have a friend that would constantly swear by Crank Brothers egg beaters, and they would constantly blow up on him in prime moments of mountain bike racing in Minneapolis, St. Paul. In fact, I have him on the line. Little guy, <laughs> why do you continue to use Crank Brother egg beaters? He doesn't. I don't. This has I changed don't. years I ago. Dropped, I, dropped, <laughs> I dropped them in 2014, but you're right. I yeah. rode them for way too long. I'll tell you why, because my yeah. knees hurt all the time, and they've got too much float, some would say, which I thought it was the perfect <laughs> amount, and then I rode... I rode Shimano, uh, some SPDs, and I realized it was too much float. But no, I agree. Yeah. 
Uh, Crank Brothers and me, it was a it was a cruel love affair, and I'm glad I moved on. It was an abusive relationship. Crank Brothers selling me. And what, are you, kids. what are you using now? I have SP, I have some SPDs that I ride like twice a year. Usually, I just have some mm. MKS flat pedals because I'm old. Well, just get some time ATAC. They're by far the best. They will begin to start taking over the okay. scene because now SRAM is starting to uh, flex their weight. They're now sponsoring the Trek Sega Fredo team. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It is only a matter of time before more pro teams are on time pedals. And why I love this is now when I go into a bike shop to ask for a time cleat, <laughs> there's a better chance that they're going to actually have it. That's yeah, all I really right. care about. It's good. I get that. That's you don't exciting. get the, uh, the, the raised eyebrow like time did you yeah. say time cleats and then they they, no, they called we, to the guy I in the seen back those in the, 20 years <laughs> you know each each shop or each city has like their sheldon brown impersonator impre- uh-huh. uh, like mm-hmm. oh let me talk to you know sean back there and then they go grab him and they're like have you heard of these time pedals before and he's like oh you know i, I read about them in a book a <laughs> long time ago <laughs> anyway Shram has bought time. Time is now back in the world tour. I could not be happier. Now you yep. would think that would be top step of the podium. You would you would be like that is the greatest. Oh thing sure. Of all time. What what could be but, better? Um, could be bigger. Yeah. Well, I think bigger is going to be industry news. Now we've got head and head uh, competition for um, best things in cycling news, and it can either be Strava or it can be specialized securing their space as the eternal comic book villain of the cycling world. Mm-hmm. I that's gonna be a toss up uh, for biggest blunders of 2023. What I mean, I know we're only a week in. Mm-hmm. We're only a week in, and, and specialized state we've claim. Got, we've got two contenders for blunder of the year so, already. Now, unfortunately, let's be very real about the specialized situation. Is that eight yeah. percent of their workforce was laid off? And shout out to all the employees, but then also yeah. to the entirety of the rank and file and the folks that work at Specialized, a lot of them, I'm sure they don't like to see their cohorts departing. And then also it is extremely tough in the bike industry right now, all the way across the board, because the, the top of the peak was there. It was wonderful why we got there. And now there's a come down back to 2019, slightly above 2019. Numbers across the industry is what's protected or projected. People were going to be let go. So I don't think that Specialized is blamed at the fact of letting folks go, but you're kind of like, you, cause you kind of see it cause other companies in the industry yeah. have let people go. There's a, there's this, a lot of folks that have been Is this go. where you announced that you got hired by specialized or what? what? <laughs> no, cause you're, you're, no. you're, you're shilling pretty I'm, hard I'm really for hedging. the company here. I'm, I'm oh. shilling hard, yeah. but here's where it, so they announce it on bicycle retailer picks up the story that 8% of their employees are laid off Mm -hmm. approximately two and a half hours later, the same Uh author of the story about the specialized laying off 8% of their employees, the same author, Uh Steve Frothingham breaks the story that specialized is paying $15 million for the Pearl Zumi building that went up for sale in Louisville, Colorado. So they had back to back top of the page stories on bicycle retail where the first one is, laid off 8% of their employees. Uh-huh. Three hours later, news breaks that they bought a $15 million building that was Pearl yeah. Jimmy's. Ah, I wonder where well, they found that $15 million, you guys. Can you think of any places? <laughs> exactly. So Specialized is going to specialize. Like This is very similar to 
what they did with Cafe Roubaix in Alberta, Canada, which I think was fodder for episode one of the Slow Ride podcast. It's so when good, When they went though. after the coffee shop yeah, because their name was Roubaix. Uh, copyright infringement, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, as it says in the article, Tim, I don't want to shill for the company too hard, but a layoffs is a strong word. They preferred to call it a transformation uh, of their workforce, um, you know. <laughs> So, non-workforce. Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> transforming you from employed to <laughs> no longer employed. Um, wow, magical! I didn't realize specialized yeah. was basically like a like a Harry Potter book come to life. That's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Do you guys have any thoughts on what they're going to do with this building, the Pearl Izumi uh, building, which is a, a state of the art, like fancy pants? So- lead certified everything building in Colorado, which famously nowhere near Morgan Hill, uh, California. Can I ask a question? So you guys are more plugged into this industry world. Pearl Zumi built this building, I assume fairly recently from all I saw was the thumbnail. Where, where did, why did Pearl Zumi leave? Where did, where did they, where did they go? So Pearl Zumi got purchased. So Pearl Zumi is no longer owned by Shimano was purchased by, I believe it's like United sports group, which owns shock doctor and Nathan running. It's kind of a, a brand it's a you just made those both up in, like, you made those both up yeah, there's no way I've those are real shock doctor and nathan running well, <laughs> nathan yeah they make mouth like, guards like nathan um, for you the tv show no so okay anyways pearl zumi is no longer owned by shimano they're now on their own and they're owned by a conglomerate that does a lot of big box business like at dick sporting goods and others okay but what so pearl zumi so that office so a lot of those employees, I think bicycle retailers said were either moving to California, being offered to go to California, or they were going to work remote because the office building had actually been kind of empty for the last like three years due to the pandemic. Okay. So the, the space was open. But just to be clear, Pearl Zumi has had layoffs. Zwift has had countless layoffs. Wahoo, Strava, mm-hmm. Pro's Closet, mm-hmm. Outside. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we know several of the people that we know or uh, cohorts at QBP from over the years, QBP let go about 15% of their workforce about a month and a half or two months ago. So oh, they did it in early in the pandemic as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then early in the pandemic as well. So it is like tough out there for a lot of folks. It's just, it looks really bad when you announce that your layoffs are happening. And then immediately after it's a, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's unfortunate. Fine. 15. Yeah. Million dollars. Uh, yeah it's uh, maybe not the look you want to go for the build. The building looks great though. To, to I mean, be fair, be honest, you know, it, that building if, looks if, amazing. If Specialized hadn't laid off the PR team, they would have spaced that out a little better, I think. You know, but yeah, you win some, you lose some. How would you have liked to be? I, I don't know if it's a PR, but how about if you're the author, Steve Frothingham of Brain, kind of just oh, like you sitting love on that, that nugget because yeah, you know he's like, working on fantastic. one story. Why the other one's there? And he's yeah. like, oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, you, that's those are the days you live for. And cycling journalism, I think maybe industry news doesn't uh, doesn't give you a lot of bright shining stars uh like that to well, follow so so bicycle retailer is also owned by the nft powerhouse outside media um which then mm-hmm. leads us into uh that conversation because clearly there's um some changes happening i don't know if you've visited cycling tips we've talked about in the past cycling mm-hmm. tips did have a note up that it looks like that website will be kind of rolling into the outside magazine site. So there will be, Oh really? From what I can read, it kind of looks like there might be like a drop down on the site or cycling tips becomes the host, bot, the host for like road and cycling news. 
and that or road and gravel news and then pink bike which is extremely popular mountain bike off-road site uh, continues to exist within the ecosystem but the the news that also happened last week from this was that wade wallace the founder of cycling tips announced that he's pretty much getting the band back together to Uh start up project x i don't think there's a name yet of a uh, member supported cycling news media um oh, that sounds like a worldwide great wide coverage i love it it's, a, it's an amazing idea spencer i i think it's a fantastic idea i mean i, I wish i would have thought of something like that um it is uh probably the way uh to go in this day and age uh, so you don't uh, have to rely on tons of sponsors and you know you get supporters who, who listen to you and yeah. like like what you're doing and um you know are willing to give their hard-earned cash it's a so it's a it's, it's a very fulfilling way mm. to run a business i would say it's a good model i'm yeah. excited for them to get something together kaylee frets is uh involved and best of luck to them mm-hmm. i just yeah, i sure. want to challenge a little bit spencer on i think that there still is opportunity for media that is run in conjunction with members supported, but then also ad supported. I think that there's a pretty good blend that can happen there. Um, because I do think that there is still some industry support for this kind of media coverage. There are still some magazines that still float or single tracks, um, being one mountain bike actions still seem to be going pretty strong, but I got to say, I went to Barnes and Noble the other day with the little uh-huh. band. Mm-hmm. Um, little uh, Highmar wanted to get some Pokemon books. Um, okay. some coloring books. Can't get them at the library because they're coloring books. So took them there. And I went to the old periodical section. Uh-huh. Um, bicycling magazine, like I talked about last episode, um, you know, picked up an uh, issue of, of bicycling. And then uh, all, almost all of the other magazines they had there were like Cycling Weekly or Cycling Plus from the UK. So they, mm-hmm. they were importing the UK magazines. Mm-hmm. But b- directly below the cycling section is the skateboard section. Transworld Skateboard Magazine no longer really exists, but you know what it does? Thrasher. This is yeah. the February issue of Thrasher. It is over like 200 pages long, and it is ripe of psych- of uh, skateboard advertising. Skateboards, yeah. clothing. It's amazing. I don't see this in the cycling world, but if... I got to imagine the skateboard world, cycling world, they got to be somewhat close. I mean, a skateboard's only well, 65 bucks for a day. One, well, yeah, one's for yeah. cool kids and one's for nerds is the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One's for yeah, middle-aged the nerds folks ride skateboards. and one's for... Yeah. Cool, cool kids are on bikes. Uh, um, Let's keep telling yeah, ourselves no, that. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Thrasher Magazine I had a subscription to when I was in high school, uh, which is... yeah you know, 40 I get one years again. ago at this point or whatever. And, uh, I mean, I, I can't even figure out how much things cost in the cycling industry anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you were to go, uh, to your Strava account and try and figure out what you're going to pay next month, you don't know. Cause they won't tell <laughs> oh, you, man, was that That's a bummer, Steve just yeah. rolling on through? That was nice. So Spencer, what's the drama with, with Strava? Uh, I am not going to do it justice. Uh, if you want to know all the details, I would head over to DC Rainmaker, uh, famous uh, blog uh, about with cycling reviews. If you have not, uh, for some reason, heard of it, 
but he's got a video up on YouTube. And it's linked in his blog as well. That just goes through the whole details uh, of this whole thing. But it's pretty ridiculous. Um, apparently, some people just started getting random emails about the price increases going up uh, and other people weren't getting these emails. And so people are connecting on Reddit and things and being like, I got this weird email. Anybody else get this? And through a bunch of investigation, uh, it found to be very sporadic, but the price is going up by like double, like overnight. And of course that leads uh, the guy behind DC Rainmaker to do some investigation to reach out to Strava to be like, Hey, I'm, you know, hearing this, like whatever, I check my account, I check my wife's account. Like, looks like we're on whatever plans and reaches out to Strava and is like, what are you charging? Like as of February, whatever first. Uh, and they, they sent him back a PR statement. It took them like a long time to get back to him, but they finally get back to him and they say this whole PR statement of drivel in no prices and he wrote back and was like, okay, yeah, but um, just just all I need for this article are what are the prices, what are USD, you know, British pounds, and I don't know, one other, like, just three specific countries. And they wrote back after a couple hours with, this is our full press statement. That was it. <laughs> Those words. They refused to tell him how much not- they're going to be charging. <laughs> I mean, I feel like people that are on Strava are on there because they love the platform already, yeah. right? Like, it's not its not like yeah. people walking down the street are going to be convinced to all of a sudden become supporters no. of Strava. It's usually it, people that are, like, shamed into wild. it because they've been using Strava for free for five years. And they're like, hey, you know, I got it's, a mortgage. It's wild I could, I because, you know, he goes through his, his account and he's like, I've had an account for a decade at this point. I went back through my records. I've paid $59 annually ever since, like... Kudos to them for not raising the price. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. he's not even arguing this against a price increase. Right. It's not a hit piece on, <laughs> on Strava, but he's like, my wife also has an account and hers for whatever reason is on a monthly plan. And it's like whatever month. And she never uses it. I set it up to do some testing, a B testing on something I was reviewing at some point. And he's like, so essentially they're going to make 40 more dollars a year off of me. But because of this whole debacle, I looked into our accounts and would realized my wife still had an account that we don't really use. So I'm going to cancel that. So they're actually losing 40 bucks a year or 60 bucks a year off of us by raising their price. And I imagine a lot of other people will, uh, think long and hard about just, their Strava premium accounts. Uh, cause this is, it's extremely weird, poorly rolled out, uh, unclear well, and unforthcoming like just, with information. If they just did the, hey, you've been paying $60 for the last eight years, and this is all the services you get, but due to cost of living increase, increased technology costs, whatever, it's going to be $100 a year. Yeah. I think you probably have like, you know what, 80% of the people continue well, to carry on? Like it's not. I mean, so streaming services and, and monthly service things are the way that the world works now, right? Yeah. And like Netflix has raised their, I've been a Netflix customer since they had DVDs in the mail to you. Right. Um, yeah. Quickster. Yeah. And, uh, when they raise prices, everybody gets all mad, right? Like, like they yeah. would be about this travel. But what Netflix does is they announce that they're going to be raising the price. Oh, it's going up from five ninety nine to eight ninety nine 
in November, but they announced that in like April. And so yeah. everybody gets mad in April, but your bill's still five ninety nine. So you're like, all oh, right, I'll cancel it in November. By the time November comes around, <laughs> you're not mad anymore. You forgot and you're good to go. And you're just like, oh, beans, it's it's eight ninety nine now. Whatever, it's fine. And I don't know why Strava just didn't do the tried and true method of get everybody mad early before it matters and then <laughs> just sneak What's... it in later. Instead, they just tried to sneak it in at the end and they're getting a lot of heat for it. What was it like a year or so ago or maybe a year and a half ago? Strava like put a lot of the features behind the paywall. Like yeah, so it used to be that ago. you could get yeah. pretty much everything and then they put behind the paywall like the heat maps, mm-hmm. the, the activity tracker, the ability to yep. download route maps, all of yeah. that, which are really cool features. Super cool. Yeah. And so I'm sure they had an increase of people becoming members at that moment, but then they never, yeah. Anyways, I, was, I'm with it you. Was it was a, a little, it was, it was such a sad like rollout, but and if of anybody to make kind of not angry, but to make question it's DC Rainmaker, which is like, basically a lawyer's brief on any technology in yeah. cycling. If you ever yeah. want like a computer review, anything, that's the first where you, place go. you go. Yeah. Like it's Absolutely. the first place. If you want to, like when we got those uh, Brighton computers mm-hmm. or I got a Brighton computer sent my way, like mm-hmm. I went to Rainmaker's review of it and it was like, mm-hmm. you know, he has a handlebar. Like he's the only cyclist in America that needs the Canyon duplex bar. Because he runs like 19 <laughs> computers to do all the different testing as far as distances. Actually, oh, fun to use the Canyon it. Bar wow. should just be called the Rainmaker Bar. This is actually a really good idea. That's pretty good. They should they should uh, they should use that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just kind of unbelievable. I don't know what they're doing over there in, in Stravaland, but um, uh, it's it's a pretty hilarious video. It's like maybe 10 minutes long or something. I would uh, I would suggest watching it. It's it's pretty stupefying. Like again, like not exactly a hit piece, just like a, Hey, I, I talk to these people all the time. Like I am well connected with their PR department. So I'll just ping them and see what they have to say. And they're just super weird about it. It's just the the strangest, uh, scenario. So interesting watch. Very good uh, info. What an amazing start of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he did figure out how much, they're raising the prices by because he uh, got a VPN and Chrome incognito and did <laughs> attempt to uh, start an account from each country that they're raising prices in. So, so this is the level that he went to. It's incredible stuff. Like this video is very good. Yeah. Uh, but there's also a, a pretty good article. Um, our, our buddy Cosmo Catalano did over at Cyclosm um, about Strava in their uh, claims for user base. Uh, that's also, and aside, just a, a fun nugget to read if you're interested in going even deeper in this wild topic. I'm sure. I'm sure they have way more users than we thought, right? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> they have what just enough got, users, just enough users to get that uh, venture capital money. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tim, your mention of Thrasher a minute ago had me had me doing a quick Google for uh, Freestyle and Magazine. You guys ever remember Freestyle and Magazine? It was around from yeah. 84 oh, yeah. to 89 by Wizard Productions, or Wizard Publications. I loved that magazine when I was a kid, and I just found a website called oldschoolmags.com, and they got a bunch of scans of Freestyle and BMX Plus 
uh-huh. from back in the day and uh, some ones that must have been British, like Go or something that I don't know about. But <laughs> but anyway, if you're like me and you, you you were checking out freestyling from the <laughs> from the library when you were nine, uh-huh. old school mags. <laughs> dot com this is a free That's promo a like, uh, it's so pretty sweet when you were they nine a, yeah when you were nine low guy did you have mag wheels i never had mags no i had a hard mag I, wheels on one i had bike. a shredder i came with spoked wheels mm-hmm. yeah i think i want mag wheels on the uh, bmx cruiser that uh should be making my way down here in the next millennium or so so who do you think? You I, some, I don't uh, know who currently makes mag wheels for the twenty-four inch uh, set. Probably, probably head. I would think make some tri spokes. <laughs> some tri spoke carbon, carbon uh-huh. aero spoke. Yeah. Maybe you can get some aero spokes. Get some spinners. Skyway, Skyway Racing. Come on, they got to still be making some Skyway wheels. Yeah, you right? think Skyway still exists? I don't think Skyway exists. <laughs> right, oh, I just googled skywaywheels.com. Yeah. yeah, and the website immediately goes to. What uh-huh. looks like a medical wheel company. Okay. So they make uh, they wheelchair wheels. Yeah, cool. And BMX wheels. Looks like you can really? still get nylon mag wheels um, by cewheelsinc.com. Great. Sounds, sounds Great legit. information. Yeah. Okay. Skyway wheels still exist, little guy. So <laughs> right. why don't you take I that it. snark? I doubt it. And yeah. um, actually, you know what you should do? You should take that snark. And you should call up for our very own Tour Down Under preview from mm-hmm. our man in the middle, rubbing elbows with the great Caleb Ewan. Down Under, of course, I'm talking about 2022 Tour de France stage winner Michael Matthews in this week's Cream Lab. Hi, I'm Zoe Baxter, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey, everybody. We'd like to thank all of the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network for their continued support. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can uh, listen and support our shows. Reminder to all those that signed up during the donor drive that our beanies are going to be on their way out to you any day now because we they're, got them in. So thanks they're for They're hitting all those their mailboxes. The I, we've seen some... Uh, some uh, Instagram stories and other uh, evidence that uh, they have been arriving at their destinations. So super excited uh, for that. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, as always, thanks for your support during the drive. Thanks for your support outside of the drive. Uh, if you're a supporter of the network and if you're not, it's the new thing. Uh, I've heard it is the new business model. Um, <laughs> check out wideanglepodium.com. Uh if you like what we're doing, we've got a bunch of other podcasts over there, uh, and you can sign up to support at whatever level. Our, our prices are clearly um, noted on our website as well. If you want to donate uh, <laughs> as low as $5 a month to support all the shows that uh, that we're putting out over here, that money goes directly to the creators, um, and you can pick and choose. Uh, if you don't listen to every show, just pick the slow ride uh, if we're the only one you listen to, and all of your hard-earned cash will go to support this show. Um, so yeah, wild new concept in in cycling, um, uh, you know, advertising models or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, we appreciate all the support. Awesome. And with that, let's head back to the show. 
Hi, I'm TJ Van Garderen, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are once again at the Slow Ride Podcast inbox. You can always email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com, where all of your emails are gratefully received, and we'll be proud to read them on the show. Lots of emails in this week. We hope to get to them all. The first one comes to us from friend of the pod, Colby Large. Hello, slow riders. It's clear that you're lacking content these days, so I figured I would try to help you out while wait for the road (laughs) season to start. Although you must have caught the Aussie Nats in the third place finish from, let this one tee up for you, Bling Matthews. Anyways, who cares about third place and Nats? On to what I thought would be your top story. Feel free to crop edit this email any way you choose. Well, well, thanks, Colby. I appreciate that, but not us. We're going to just plow on through. Colby continues, (laughs) I don't Zwift often. In fact, I hate the trainer. But I'm at the point in the Canadian winter where I just need to get a sore ass and wear some Lycra. So I clean up from dinner and head to the garage and turn on the Zwift machine. Oh my God, there's a training ride with Bling Matthews. I'm instantly engaged and jump on to warm up. Figure I toss out a message to him, as you can see below. No answer. Oh, well, I figure I'll chirp him once and we get riding. And the ride starts and I immediately chirp him. Wait, he's not even on this ride. Oh, well, at least I tried. Anyway, there are three guys I know that would appreciate this effort. Happy New Year, boys. Keep up the great work. Screen grab. (laughs) And the, the message that he wrote... Hey, Michael Matthews, any comment to the guys from the Slow Ride podcast? I know <laughs> they love you. Um, and oh, nothing back. Nice. Um, Colby, we appreciate your efforts. Yeah. Uh, uh, several listeners know this, but we have been working very hard to coordinate a... Uh, well, not really do, coordinate. Do, We've do been wanna... working very hard to ask to see if Bling Matthews wants to come on the podcast. And we just haven't gotten word do to you wanna... Yeah. Do, should we spoil the the surprise? Because I don't know if the surprise is ever going to happen, and I don't. The, the surprise is probably not going to happen. We've tried the best we can. I just don't think it's going to happen. We were hoping to get um, Bling Matthews to do a live preem lap with us on episode four hundred. That's why it's, we are half been, a year behind the, the delivery of the four hundred episode. <laughs> we were hoping that people would chime into the four hundred episode. And we'd go, let's go to Bling Matthews for the pre-lap. Uh-huh. And then it was Bling Matthews for a solid five to ten minutes telling us all about being a Tour de France stage winner. Mm-hmm. And we could tell him all about how much we used to loathe him. And then now we've learned to love him and all I'm sure his he'd, success Yeah, he'd love to hear bike. that. I know you'd ask him about his Bianchi yeah. track bike. Um, I don't think it's bad to tell people that you've like learned to absolutely love and want to support someone through and through. I think that that's a natural, um, uh, yeah, feeling. It's kind of our, our, our origin. Yeah. Our origin story with Tim. Basically that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm an acquired taste from you guys. Remember the first time I saw Dispenser, you're like, don't leave them out. Get away. Yeah. I liked me Uh, since day one. I, I liked you, Tim. True. I always liked you. You, you know, you, you got a lot of energy, and so I, I'd say my initial, <laughs> my initial feelings were, whoa, this guy, 
Is, That's like a um, is, like a kindergarten report card. <laughs> like it comes back and you're like, man, I hope my kid did okay. And then the review says has a lot of energy. And you're like, is that good? <laughs> I, I, still, I I have a memory of very early on after Tim, I'd maybe talk to you like once or twice <coughs> or something, and you like 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 pin me at the weenery. You like pin me at the wall like. Like to be talking like we're gonna go to the track and blah 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 can, blah. Can you and I was please like, oh, fix okay. that in post? Can you please fix? Uh, just for those uh, listening that are not from Minneapolis, let alone the West Bank, because I don't think everyone in Minneapolis knows, is that there's a hot dog restaurant um, called the Wienery. Uh-huh. Um, I did not pin little guy at the Wienery. I I, I I I talked to little guy at the Wienery to tell him uh, that we were gonna go to the velodrome. Yeah, but I mean, it was the sort of talk of like you. The energy was so high, and I was like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, you I think me. sometimes you got to bring the energy, but look, so I, I am a realist. I, I know so I have a strong personality, but I'm, on, a, I'm a decent person. I think, I think what little guy's saying is that Tim is the reason Michael Matthews will not respond to our messages about coming on episode 400 because he just Tim. brings too much heat. That's so our, Tim, what do you have to say for yourself? Are, our friends of the podcast are bringing too much heat, reaching out to him too. No, no, I, no. They're I, he's perfect. worried you're... You're going to ask the tough questions is what he's worried about. You do have a reputation for asking the tough questions. You're going to ask him what any of the sponsors of his team do, and he's going to be like, <laughs> uh, uh, boom, busted. Uh-huh. You're going to ask <laughs> so him what the I gear, gear ratio was on his Bianchi Pista, and he's not going to know, and you're going to call him out. So I think a lot of this has to do with I learned early on that you got to ask the tough questions up front and not be afraid to have um, tough conversations. I think a lot of this has to do with my, uh, my illustrious career as a special ed teacher, um, where you have to have honest conversations. And I think it's okay to say, you know, bling at first didn't know what to think. In fact, not my favorite rider, but I've learned over time that now you're actually my favorite rider because you bring it all the time. Mm-hmm. You have fun. I don't know when you're going to win because any type of race could be suit could suit him perfectly mm-hmm. and yeah. uh he won tour de france stage race like i don't know i i wasn't the biggest fan of valverde in the very beginning and then i learned to love that guy and it's an okay thing no it's true we were i mean we're famously we weren't valverde fan, fans either so uh yeah it's just the I natural mean, the natural yeah. progression so, i mean Guys, I got, famous so i don't think we're getting him on the show we famously weren't george and gappy fans either uh, way back in the day and famously yeah. were extremely big George and Gappy fans for a while there and kind of had the same result as Michael Matthews come to think of it. Um, guys, yeah, are we the problem? <laughs> you know, it sometimes you do have to look in the mirror and I, I'm looking in on the Zoom call and I see th- three uh-huh. well-meaning, three very friendly, uh, fun guys. Yeah. Um yeah. So this begs the question, if we can't get Michael Matthews uh, for episode 400 for the party, we'll, we'll do something else, and, and 400 will drop at some point. Yes, um, 100%. We have some great drops from listeners. Does this mean, is this a signal from the, the cycling gods that we need to move on? We need to find the next? Like, Michael Matthews is our George Hinkhappy, and but who's now our new Michael Matthews? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, like are we not there? Am I jumping the gun? Is this like a test? I, I think of it's our an loyalty. honest conversation. I, I think we reached out as 
I mean, I did reach out with a lot of energy. I got to admit. So maybe, <laughs> little guy, you can you can go through Spencer if you want to go through on the old IG. Uh-huh. DM yeah, him. See yeah. if maybe we could get through. Um, oh, what so, if you tried to reply when the Instagram was on lockdown? And this is little guy's oh, fault. It's little guy's fault. Um, so let's see who, we, who we've gone through as our favorite cyclists or those that we've talked to. So there's Eric Saunders, old pro, uh, America, mm-hmm. US-based pro. There is uh, uh, Dan Craven, a uh, friend of the pod, um, mm-hmm. now crushing it in Namibia with his... Mm-hmm. Um, with his bike company, which I, I need to buy one of those bikes. Um, we've also have uh, Mitch Docker been on the podcast quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby Mickey, former professional cyclist and top notch, uh, women's cycling reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we love, uh, uh Tom Skunes, um, uh, as well. Uh, now, now I'm going to be rocking time pedals. He said that he could find time for us, um, uh-huh. to, to, to get on the pod. I do uh, want to learn more about potatoes. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we could probably pull, pull some things together. We can move some mountains, but I just don't, I just, maybe I got to re- redo my approach. Maybe, maybe Jayco <laughs> racing has a PR um, person and we should okay. go to the PR well, I, person I, I, and not tell them it's this podcast and then we Superman it. So I have another question for Jayco. One, we got to ask them to, to get Michael Matthews on, but I was thinking okay. about this the other day. They're called Jayco. Why don't they have a J on their thing? On their jersey or something. I just looked at the Jayco RV website. They have a okay. J, like their logo. They says Jayco, and then there's a little soaring blue J. Why isn't there a, a a the logo on the Jayco? Like it's the most boring team kit. And you know what would make it cooler <laughs> is a bird. Put a bird on it. Put a bird on it. Uh, yeah, I don't have a good answer for you there. Are we sure that it is the same Jayco? Yes, I'm it's not the sure. same Jayco. It is the same Jayco. That's the that's the the one thing I'm sure of about this. It's, it's the same Jayco. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, then they should that, put a bird. They should put a bird on it anyway. It is uh, fairly low the same. on the it's, list of uh, of kits. I would. I'm say. just saying it's. A, I don't it's know. A, it's a pretty big stumble to have a cool J, and then be called Jayco, and then why not stick the cool J on your. Uh, on your on your jersey. This is why this is why the PR person from Jayco team doesn't return your calls, little guy, because you're always you just you're asking the hard questions. Nobody has these answers. Yeah. I mean, it's true. They could be they could be way out of line. They could be like, we don't we're not the same company. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm they very, are. I'm very confident they're the same company. <laughs> I just got to say, when I go to the, um, so they, they do have another, so it's Team Jayco Alula. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Which is, um, that I do know, that's a region from the uh, Pokemon games from Sun and Moon from a couple years ago. So that course. one makes sense. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. I, that makes sense. I am having difficulty. Nowhere on this website does it say what Jayco does. I'm not convinced that it is a motorhome um, caravan company. I, I've, it's I, gotta be. I, have I think f- it is. <laughs> I was under the impression it was rich guy who had money, whose name is probably J or last name starts with the hey. letters J, and then no, was just like, yeah, is... I'm a company and I, I support this bike team. I mean, little guy, because I'm with you. Jayco, the motorhome company, cool Blue Jay logo. You think that maybe they'd probably carry it over. So, But maybe this is like when McDonald's was sponsoring the team in Italy, but it was like, or Burger King, 
and it was just a subsidiary. So who knows? But anyway, if anyone, anyone in Australian corner wants to tell us what Jayco does, oh, they 100% um, or if you're the press tell person, <laughs> or if you're their star sprinter, who mm-hmm. is one of our favorite riders, we want to know more about the company that is on your chest when you are going to be winning countless sprints at the Tour Down Under. It is impressive. I mean, it's not impressive in cycling terms. It's to be expected. But it is impressive that these sponsors sponsor this entire Pro Tier team. And I'm having so much trouble finding anything about the sponsors on this website. Like a link Any to the evidence, sponsors yeah. page. Like, yeah, it's like I see them written on this jersey. You'd think they would try to promote said companies. No. You think they'd make it easy for somebody to just navigate over to the so- to the product you're supporting? No. Now, Spencer, just so you don't get sued for libel or anything, it does look like Alula is actually not a um, uh, a land in uh, a region in Pokemon, but actually a resort in Saudi Arabia. It's Alola. That's the um, region in Pokemon. Uh, I, uh, easy mistake. Easy mistake. Easy, easy mistake. Easy, easy mistake. That's you get the right. uh, the Alolan variations of the Pokemon. Yeah, little Nairo and little just, Heimar know all about this. Just ask them. I'm glad they found a way to get some Saudi money. <laughs> I just feel like I shouldn't have to Google what, like I shouldn't have to go to like the third page of results on Google to know what your title sponsor is on your, on your cycling team. But anyways, um, here we are. Uh, the next email comes to us from Birmingham, Alabama's own multi-time emailer and friend of the podcast <laughs> who has hosted me in Birmingham. I've told you many times how much I love the city of Birmingham. Great city. Um, rest in peace to the Bottle Tree um, Bar and Music Club. Um, they did also have a really kick-ass uh, vegan-inspired uh, cafe, like a, a bike-themed cafe. Inspired. I, I walked in there. I walked in there. And they're like, hey, are you the super rookie from the Slow Ride podcast? I, I felt like a king for the day in Birmingham. It was amazing. Wow. I loved it. This was like six years ago. But anyways. I wonder if it's still open. I should check it out. I'll have to go check um, it out. Right. Yeah. Jonathan Crane uh, emails us, the greatest cycling movie of all time. Greetings, slow riders. I'm enjoying the ongoing debate about great cycling films. All your candidates are good for cycling movies. With a recent ep- episode correctly identified as being worse than most movies by default. <laughs> yeah. But you've clearly not seen the best cycling movie, or rather series of cycling movies of all time. Really? And Nasu, Summer in Andalusia, and Nasu, a migratory bird with a suitcase. These beautiful anime films follow Pepe Benigali as he races a single speed of the Volta that passes through his hometown in Andalusia in the first film. But the second movie is what makes this absolute home run for the slow ride. Nasu a migratory bird with a suitcase, finds Pepe and his Pow Pow bear team, beer team racing the news that their team is folding at the end of the season. Uh. And that hero of the anime Peloton, Marco Rondanini, has recently passed away. Their minds are reeling from these bombshells as they race the Japan Cup. Nice. That's right. This is a feature-length <laughs> anime about the seventh monument of cycling, the Japan, the Japan Cup. But wait, that's not all. The team that directed and animated these movies also worked for Studio Ghibli on oh. anime classics like Spirited Away and Princess Monique. 
Nasu was the first anime film ever selected for the Cannes Film Festival. So this ain't your little brother's anime. This is some highbrow stuff. Highlights of the series include the inclusion of the all-pink P-Mobile team and an animated version of the -the over-the-top of the head Oakley goggles from the early 2000s. I'm including links to both films below, but you might want to log on to Little Guy's Neighbor's Wi-Fi and turn on your VPN for this Uh one. Because in true 2007 fashion, these films are only available on a virus-laden foreign website of questionable quality. (laughs) I also can't find English subtitles for the second movie. (laughs) Uh, Enjoy, Jonathan. Sounds I awesome. can't wait to watch I'd these. I'd like to watch. Yeah, I love the throwback too, to to the old streaming platforms before there was a GCN and and we all had to be mad about flow bikes. Um, you know, it was just a simpler time. Uh, but that does <laughs> yeah, sound really awesome. The uh, the second film in particular, the plot right up my alley, hundred percent correct. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a big uh, Studio Ghibli fan, so I I feel like this is uh, definitely right up. Uh, my alley so i will i will check these out shout out to jonathan i know that jonathan is uh recovering from a massive crash he got a titanium rod put in his uh leg and he uh did tell me that he is uh deciding to go to school to be a dentist now nice it's a little backwards but he said since he's got he's got the titanium first yeah 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 it's kind of a little bit a little bit backwards well anyways there you go um and then uh next email comes to us from Sean Burns. And the subject line is rail bikes. I don't know if I really want to oh, continue. Boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we got so many uh, rail bike messages on Instagram this week. Go. Thank you to everybody who tells me about every single rail bike thing you see. I love it. I've created now, a monster. It's great. Uh, yeah. Sean Burns has been a listener of the Slow Ride podcast, I think since episode one or two it's in real be, time. Yeah. He's yeah. not one of these Johnny come latelys that's listening through and has listened to episodes years later. Sean Burns, <laughs> I think, knows us all from our infancy when he was coming to <laughs> Super Bowls when we were promoting and when he was racing and we were racing in the very beginning. Minneapolis's own um, Sean Burns hits us up. I've been through Ely, Nevada twice in the past year. It's the sort of place you go see bristlecone pines and signs of the way out of town that read no services for the next 120 miles. However, they do have a bit of single track, including a trail called the whorehouse downhill, which drops 1600 feet in just more than two miles and really does end at one of those local brothels. But the real reason little guy is going to be interested in visiting Eli is the Nevada Northern railway and it's 147 miles of track in basin and range country. Check out their Riding the Rails link here. Little guy will be interested in the first and last vehicles, and he can ride the rails himself if he takes the safety course. The scenery is beautiful, and he would get to go through the at least one tunnel. I suggest packing oh. plenty of water. He's going to need it. Oh, and tell me what is wrong with the rail bike in the video. I mean, the video, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you on that. Not great yeah. podcast mm. material necessarily. No. Um, but it, but a safety course, little guy, sounds like a must. I, I'm going to yeah. need you to take the safety course um, okay. because you're going to need to know when you do go through that tunnel if, if you see a light coming. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to need to turn around, and I don't know how you turn a rail bike around exactly, but going to make sure you do that. Don't just succumb to your fate, mm-hmm. you know? I'm, ass- so I'm the- assuming like a like a tune you just bring like a door you can throw up on the wall real quick ah and, and jump side tunnel it. yeah paint uh, yourself so an the, exit cartoon style yeah you know i'm not gonna remember to bring this back up but i gotta say that the rail bike that's in the video it's got a couple problems first off looks like it's a recumbent so it's not a, a real sit up it's kind of like a, a lean back and it looks like it's also hand powered it's kind of got oh, a, a hand, hand crank, crank. Okay. yeah that's not so a bike like, at you all you probably know that like oh yeah that's the is there a brand Oh, no, that's the know. that's the that's the fifteen hundred model. Ugh. Yeah, it's what a, a piece of trash! You know, it was really, it was. They really saw some improvements in nineteen seventy three when uh, you know George Conray uh, came in um, mm-hmm. and his his wife Susan. They helped redesign the the riding the rails uh, movement. But I got to say, I think what's wrong with it is that the tires look or the wheels look really really big, like really wide gauge. It's almost a fat bike. Um, <laughs> Well, that's we found a purpose for fat bikes, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Just the it's fat possible. bike rims fit perfectly on the uh, the rail? Yeah, basically, probably. How long before well, Specialized starts taking over the rail bike market, you guys, and then they tell us we can't say rail bike anymore? Well, they're getting into real estate, I heard, so I don't know uh, if they're yeah, looking at look, rail bikes. They're going to be buying a lot of train lines. Um, finally, this week's episode... Email comes to us from friend of the podcast and host of the Slow Ride Podcast World Championship Tour. Um, kind of our doorman, by the way, at our live show in Richmond. Uh, yeah. If you guys remember that. Can't wait to bring that back in Glasgow this year. Hope all is well and you've been getting some riding in at the greatest time of the year starts, road season. Our team will be heading to the Majorca Challenge, Majorca Challenge, sorry, in a week to race five one-day UCI races against the big boys. Congrats, Frank. That's awesome. That's That's awesome. Frank continues. But not to stall further, I was doing the responsible thing and listening to this week's episode while I was doing a recovery ride with both AirPods in. I couldn't help but notice that your audio was horrible. At first, I thought it was maybe the app on my phone, and then I realized it was Tim, and then it was Little Guy, and then it was Spencer. I paused the episode. The background went away, too. So all I can gather is somebody was listening to something in the background of the recording. That's great. Yeah. He goes... It's Tim. (laughs) What I could figure you were listening to in the background of the recording was planes, trains, and automobiles. But a better second guess is gleaming the cube. Mm. So this brings up an interesting question. For each of you, if you were just clicking through TV 10 minutes before the recording of the podcast started, what movie would you not be able to turn off while you did the recording? That one classic, I can't not watch this through flick. Thanks, your friend, Frank Cundiff. So what is the movie that you guys would not turn off if it was on and the listeners would get that feedback on the radio? Uh, I got one. I got one. Okay. Encino, Encino Man, all the way. <laughs> Encino Man. Okay. Encino Man. Interesting. Love it. Love oh. it. <laughs> Love it. Interesting. Huh. Uh, it's uh, there was a time when my mom I was out of town, and my brother and me were home for the weekend. And I think to keep us entertained, so we didn't kill each other, she rented Encino Man, and I think uh-huh. we watched it a, just like a handful of times through that weekend. Like, hey, there's nothing else to do. You wanna, wanna <laughs> rip through Encino Man again? 
Uh-huh. So it feels imprinted on my brain in a way that it uh-huh. brings back all the fuzzies. It explains a number of things, I, I think, <laughs> actually. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure mine would be the Breakfast Club, but there's probably a few others as well. But that one, uh, even though I've seen it about 250 times, um, I think I would watch it again. Yeah. Breakfast Club's a solid one. I like that. Um, I mean, I, I guess, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go with Major League. Um, oh, okay. My, one of my, <laughs> my favorite sports movie of all time, as much as uh-huh. I love. Not Mighty uh, Ducks. Not Mighty love. Ducks. Huh? Nah, my, Mighty Ducks is not as rewatchable as Major yeah. League. Uh, There's just something cool. about Tom Berenger, um, uh, Willie <laughs> no. Mays Hayes, uh, mm-hmm. Joe Boo, as he hits the home runs. Um, and horrible, uh, you know, just 1990s uh, caricatures and everything. But that yeah. movie is uh, is my favorite sports movie. And when that one's on, there's always one more scene that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Not not feel the dreams because I, I feel the dreams run me in close second. I think that's it really tugs wow. the, the the proper wow. small small me baseball heartstrings. Wow, I think. it's so good, you guys. Wow. Moonlight, yeah. whatever, Graham. Come on. There's only you know, there's only one uh, movie Kevin Costner in it that I want to watch over and over again, uh, little guy. And it's it's not Field of Dreams. Is it mm. Bull Durham? Yeah, nailed it. Thank <laughs> 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 God. <laughs> uh, well. Anything else you guys got? Well, we should mention uh, Pino's retiring. That's going to be that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's a sad one. That one. We've got another year. Uh, we got this whole season, and supposedly he's made a bet with his teammates that if he wins the French national championships, he'll 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 keep on into twenty twenty four, so he can uh, wear the jersey a little bit longer. So all we have to do is keep our fingers crossed, and we get a little extra Pino. So okay. Uh, little guy, um, you're the most Pino-esque, I think, out of all of us on this uh, on this call. Thanks. If I you like were, if go. you had made the decision to retire out of cycling, mm-hmm. and your teammates were like, "Oh, let's make a bet. If you win nationals again for the millionth time, uh, you got to keep what? going." But yeah. you'd already decided you were going to retire. I agree. Even yes. if you were going to win, like you were a couple minutes up the road, you kind of pull over and put the foot down kind of thing. Or, uh, were you going to follow through on your, uh, your commitment there to, uh, to continue another year after you got a goat farm at home, a yeah, bunch of yeah. cute goats you want to hang out with. I know. I agree. It's a, it's a hard one. Cause is there anything better in cycling than being the French national champ? I don't think there so. is not. That is a good point. I mean, you might want to retire, but there's no greater honor in cycling than 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 that. So being able to wear that for a full year, right. I think, would. So you think he'll keep on even if he does win? Interesting. Okay. I hope so. I hope so. Maybe then they'll rock him up to the. He'll get one last go at the Giro then. Into, other than this year, which could be his last go in the Giro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't one find last, out until French Nats. Uh. Yeah. Fingers well, hopefully he everybody. doesn't. Hopefully he wins and then retires on top. 
you know what? Go to the goat farm. Yeah. After your year. No, totally. I wish him best of luck. Um, heartbreaking uh, rider for uh, you, little guy, more than any of us. But, I mean, also for myself. Just, I mean, just right, doing so well. And then, what, the descents? Yeah, he's had, he's had a great career. I mean, even yeah. if he retires right now, he's had podiums. He's won, he won a monument. He's been super close. And, yeah, the highs and the lows. I mean, pulling out at the end of that Giro or whatever. I don't know. Great. Great rider. Fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And one of the few riders that can, yeah, just fall down and, yeah, make you make you sad. So, I will uh, wish him best of luck. Well, I think with that, let's continue on to yet another conclusion of the Slow Ride podcast. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more about the wide range of shows and independent cycling media. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. You can also email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.